The title of the message tonight is, I shall not be moved, and I don't hear the ringing right now. What a blessing that is. And I'll try to speak soft enough to keep that from, from returning. But the previous verses we studied last Wednesday night were absolutely amazing to me. In those verses, we learned that wisdom was a king who was born to die. It gives you a whole different perspective on wisdom, doesn't it? I mean, when you start off studying the book of Proverbs, you would think, well, it's a little short saying here, like, you know, better is this than that. Well, that's a nice, wise saying. It sounds real good. You think, well, the whole book's going to be little wise sayings like that. And then suddenly we're walking along in the, 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 the depth of, of this wisdom and then suddenly we take a step off and we just sink down into something that's really really deep and wisdom begins to quit talking about the things on the earth it begins to talk about itself and we plunge down into depths that we never thought we would really reach down into and so wisdom was a king that was born to die for the sins of the world. Wisdom is the Lord Jesus Christ unto us. As I see it in the text, the Lord Jesus is speaking to us tonight. And he's speaking to us tonight in the name of wisdom, as wisdom. That's his character in the, in the text, if you could think of it that way. So as wisdom reveals himself to us, so Jesus reveals himself to us. Whatever you learn about wisdom, you learn about Christ. Whatever you learn about Christ, you learn about wisdom. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17, if you're taking notes, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17, the Bible says, and Paul prayed, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, you hear that? The God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. How? In the knowledge of him whom the Lord Jesus Christ. So wisdom and revelation comes through the knowledge of Christ. Or you could reverse it and say through the knowledge of Christ wisdom and revelation come. Wisdom is revealed to us in the person of Jesus. And wisdom tells us tonight that it was ordained of God for us. Look now in verse 25. Before the mountains were settled. I may have a hard time not getting excited tonight. I enjoyed my study. Now mountains represent a rock solid and immovable fortress. Would you agree with that? Whether in Scripture or in just human allegory, we talk about being on top of the mountain. We talk about the mountains. You know, we think of them being immovable. We look at them, we think, man, look at that. That mountain's not going anywhere. So mountains represent a rock-solid, immovable fortress. Mountains represent... Uh, again, being on top of the world and far above all the trouble below. But since there was a time, I want you to look at your text now. Wisdom was here when before the mountains were settled. You know what that's telling us? Mountains were settled once upon a time. 
Do you know what that means? It means before that time, mountains were unsettled. There was a time when mountains were not. There was a time when mountains weren't settled and, and the earth had to push it up from its crust. But before the mountains were settled, Christ was already settled to be our great Redeemer. This means Jesus is more sure to us than the mountains. If you study the book of Hebrews, you will see over and over again where Jesus is compared to the Old Testament sacrifices, to the Old Testament temple, to the Old Testament priesthood, to the angels, and to whatever else. And in every instance, it always says that Jesus is so much better than them. Whatever they were used for in the Old Testament, Jesus fulfills it and exceeds that in the New Testament. And here, wisdom is doing the same tonight with creation. Whatever the mountains are to us, Jesus is so much better. So we look to the mountain and we see the strength and the permanence and the immovable fortress that that mountain is. And once we perceive it, then we learn Jesus is so much better than that. And we'll learn why here pretty soon. Wisdom says, look back in your text, before the hills was I brought forth. Hills being also part of the mountains. And so he's uh, using uh, a greater language here, a different language here, to say that before the mountains were settled, he was here. He was, he was ordained of God as wisdom. And before the hills, he was brought forth. Now we remember... Uh, that what that meant last week about being brought forth, it means to have birth given to. And when we think about the hills, in the scripture, hills are a place of refuge and safety. And not just in the scripture, but they are just in everyday life for people who live in, in those areas uh, over history, over time, the hills have always been a place of retreat for people. For this reason, the hills in the Bible are a picture of the grace that we receive from God above. If you would write down in your margin or in your notes, Psalm 121, Psalm 121, verse 1 through 3. Psalm 121, verse 1 through 3. The psalmist says, I will lift up mine eyes, where? Unto the hills, from whence cometh my help. You think, well, what's he getting from the hills there? What's he, what, what kind of help is he getting from the hills? He, he is using the hills as an analogy to describe the grace of God. Look what he goes on to say in verse 2. He says in verse 1, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills, from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. So the Lord... Is, re is represented by the hills. You see that? I'm going to look, look up and look uh, unto the hills. That's where my help comes from. And so when he's talking about the hills, he's talking about the God above him because the hills are above him. He says, my help uh, uh, cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. 
Now look what the psalmist is doing. The psalmist is doing the same thing uh, Solomon is doing in the book of Proverbs. The same thing wisdom is doing in the book of Proverbs. When he says, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth, he's saying, my help comes from someone who was here before heaven and earth ever was. Same thing. Verse 3, he will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. The title of the message tonight is, I shall not be moved. Those hills won't be moved. Not by us, that is. And if we look to the Lord who was here before the hills, then how much more shall we not be moved? God has always been settled. The hills have not. And if we trust in Him, then we will forever be settled in His grace. Before the hills, wisdom was brought forth, the Bible says, which means Jesus was, uh, uh, was, was born before the hills ever were. Remember, being brought forth means to give birth to. Mary brought forth her firstborn son and laid him in a manger. That's what this is speaking of tonight. And when we're looking at the hills here, I'll look unto the hills from whence cometh my help. When, you, when you're in the valley and you're looking up to that big, tall hill, you see that as a place of refuge to escape to and, to, and to, to, to flee from the enemy and to be high above all the enemies below you. And when we look to these hills here tonight and we think about our help coming from the Lord, we have to remember that our Lord is far above the hills, much, much higher than the hills. Wisdom was brought forth before the hills because he was a king that was born to die. He was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Yes, he was ordained by God to be our Savior. Look back in verse 26 now. While as yet he had not made the earth. While as yet he had not made the earth. Those hills are high. But Jesus being raised from the dead and seated at the right hand of God is higher than the hills. And he was seated at the right hand of God in the plan of God's salvation before the world ever began. Verse 26, while as yet he had not made the earth. And that means Jesus did not originate with the earth. The help that God gives is not earthly help. Aren't you glad? I was thinking about that on the way home from work today. The help that God gives is not earthly help. Now God gives help on earth, but God doesn't give earthly help. And there's a big difference. God gives peace on earth, but God does not give earthly peace. Remember what Jesus said? He said, my peace I leave with you, not as the world giveth give I unto you. In other words, the world can give you peace. You can go to a, a doctor and get a, a, a prescription. Take that pill and kind of forget about the world and zonk out. That's the kind of peace the world gives you. Maybe go to a, I know these ladies like going and getting massages. Maybe go and get a massage, have someone rub on you and have some soothing music in the background. The light's down low. Maybe that's peaceful. 
Brother Shepherd the other day sent me a picture of him uh, out on his porch with the hummingbird. And we talked about how that was peaceful. But a few nights later, he got called out to go work a fatal accident. That wasn't peaceful. The peace that the world gives is momentary peace, momentary peace. The, the peace that Christ gives is eternal peace that transcends what's, what happens on the earth. Since it's not earthly help, then earth cannot quench God's help. It cannot mitigate God's help. It cannot dilute God's help. It can't stop God's help. Since God gives earthly peace... I'm sorry, since God does not give earthly peace, then the earth can't rob us of his peace. Does that make sense? And that's what God's trying to show us here. That God ordained wisdom for us while as yet he had not made the earth. And that should be a comfort to us. Here's a kingdom truth for you tonight. Jesus did not have an earthly origin. Therefore, he will not have an earthly end. Your salvation, therefore, did not have an earthly origin, which is why the Bible says you were chosen in Christ Jesus when? Before the world began. Isn't that good? You, Jesus was ordained. He was a lamb ordained before the foundation of the world. He did not originate with earth. Therefore, the gospel did not originate with earth. Therefore, your salvation did not originate with earth. Therefore, your position in Christ did not begin with earth or begin with you who came from the earth. You're earthly. The Bible says the first man, Adam, was earthly. The second is the Lord from heaven. And so... Jesus not originating with the earth. Your salvation did not originate with the earth. Therefore, you were chosen in him and secure in him before the world began. It was just a matter of the time coming when you would believe on him as your savior. The gospel of Jesus Christ did not begin with the earth. Look back in your text, nor the fields nor the fields of the earth. Now, when you look at the fields of the earth in the book of Genesis, God spoke to the fields. He said, let the earth bring forth grass. Let it bring forth trees bearing fruit after their kind. Let it bring forth these animals. And so the fields that God created, they produce provision for us, don't they? They produce food in game. That's what the fields produce for us. But wisdom was not produced by the fields. That's what's important. Whatever the fields produce for us, we can run out of. Whatever the fields produce for us, when the field ends, the produce ends. The provision ends. Jesus is independent of the fields, independent of the mountains, independent of the hills, independent of the earth, which means the provision of Christ is far better than the fields, far better than anything the earth can provide. Jesus didn't come from the fields, look back in your text, nor the highest part of the dust of the world. 
What is the highest part of the dust of the world? Maybe some of y'all know the tallest mountain, the very tallest. You could go up the very, very tip top of it. Maybe not hardly any enough oxygen for you to breathe, and you're up there on top of it, and you can touch the top of that dust. That would be the highest dust of the world. Underscore, if you would, the highest part. The highest part. You see that? The highest part of the dust of the world. Underscore the highest part. They used to say that whoever controls the highest part controls the war. The higher you are, then you have the advantage in war. Enemies got to come up to you. That's how come we started having uh, the Star Wars. I think that was during the Reagan era, was it not? They started doing that, the Star Wars. Putting our, our weaponry and satellites in space and doing things like that. Jesus is higher than the highest part of the dust of the world. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19 through 21, that the gospel of Jesus Christ is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe. According to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Look at that in verse 21. Far above. You see that? Far above. However high you can go in the earth, if you could trek up the highest mountain and stand on the tallest peak, Jesus is far above that. My chickens, I know y'all love hearing me talk about my chickens. And I understand that. They're laying eggs now, by the way. I taught them how. If you've raised chickens, let me tell you something about chickens. When, if you have a coop and you put a place for that chicken to roost, it's going to get on that roost. It's God putting it in there for their safety. They're going to get on that roost. Now, if you put something higher than the roost that they've been roosting on, you know what they're going to do? They're going to go up. Y'all know that by, by experience, Abigail? I know. Take it from me. Y'all y'all need any help with that. You let me know. I have a series of roosts in my coop. And they'll climb to one and then to the other and then to the other. And then finally they work their way all the way up to the very top. Even the little baby birds, when they were real little, cheep, 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 all the way up to the very top. They won't be all the way up with the big chickens. And I promise you, if my roost was taller, and it's pretty tall, they'd go up even higher than that. Climb as high as they could. Because to them, that's a place of safety from the predators that prowl below. And when God raised Jesus from the dead and he set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, the key word is this. Where is Christ? Far above all. You see that in verse 21? Look at that. Far 
above all. Man, when you're in Jesus Christ, the wisdom of God, you're far above anything that could threaten to harm you as a child of God. I'm not saying you won't have car accidents. You will. I'm not saying you won't lose your children to car wreck like Chad. You might. I'm not saying you're not going to get cancer. You will. But everything I just described to you is earthly. Earthly. But Jesus, being far above all, is heavenly. Look back. Look Look back. No, you can't. I just, he's already, uh, I'll read it to you in uh, verse 20. Which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the earthly places? No. In the heavenly places. This is absolutely beautiful. Thank you. He, he went back. In the heavenly places. Jesus is far above all. So if we are in Christ, we are far above anything of this earth, anything of this world, anything of creation. Man can't get you. Whatever's below can't get you. The devil can't get you. He says, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all what? All principality. That means any uh, authoritative structure at all. Any kingdom, any satanic uh, 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 powers. He says, and power and might and dominion. Anything that can come together and create a force to go against the child of God. Instill that child of God's salvation. Steal who they are in Christ Rob them of their eternal life. Far above all that. Can't get to you if you're in Jesus. He says in dominion in every name that is named, not only in this world, not only in the world we're in now, that wisdom was before this world. He says, but also in that which is to come. Nothing from the past, nothing in the present, nothing in the future. And touch the child of God whose faith is in Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 2 verse 9 and 10. That God also hath highly exalted him. God has highly exalted wisdom. Do you see that? Wisdom and Christ are synonymous. So as we're looking here that God raised Jesus from the dead. And set Jesus at his own right hand in the heavenly places far above all. That means God has taken wisdom and set wisdom at His own right hand in the heavenly places far above all. And then in Philippians where he says, God also hath highly exalted Him. That means God also hath highly exalted wisdom and given Him a name which is above every name. That the name of Jesus, the wisdom of God, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. Why? Because he's above all of them. And if he raised us up together in Christ, then where are you? You're far above all in Christ Jesus. However high the highest parts of the earth can go, Jesus is higher still. I don't know what kind of persecution we may face in the future. 
But I tell you this, if it's the local government, Jesus is higher than that. If it's the state government, Jesus is higher than that. If it's the federal government, Jesus is higher than that. If it's the one world government with the, with the man of sin heading it up, Jesus is higher than that. Wait a second, Brother Richard. What about higher than the sky and the heaven above us? Out in outer space, Brother Richard. Yes, Jesus is even higher than that. For wisdom says in verse 27, look now in verse 27, wisdom says, when he, that is God the Father, prepared the heavens, I was there. When you're reading this, picture Jesus looking his disciples and telling his disciples, when, I, when he prepared the heavens, I was there. It's the same thing. Remember what Jesus told the Pharisees before Abraham was, I am. <laughs> they didn't get it. If they would have understood Proverbs, they would have got it. Because Jesus was before the world began. When, when God the Father prepared the heavens, Jesus was there. Wisdom was there. For God, by wisdom, prepared the heavens, which we'll look at next week. The heavens are the display of God's wisdom. The heavens are the handiwork of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I was there when God prepared the heavens. The sailors used to chart their journeys by looking at the stars. Has anyone done that before? Actually charted where they're going by looking at the stars? Whether, okay, I was curious. But y'all know sailors used to do that. They would chart their journey by looking at the stars. The stars uh, uh, tells us how the world goes. But Jesus was before the stars. Jesus made the stars. When you look to the heavens, you see how the earth goes. When you see Jesus, you look to Jesus, you see how to go to heaven. It's so much better. The stars will guide you around the world. Jesus will guide you out of the world. How much more powerful is that? Man, you get on a ship, you look up at those stars, all you can go is from one earthly place to another earthly place. But you look up to the hills from whence cometh your help, and you know what the hills need to do for us? They need to rescue us out of this world because the world is coming to an end. The world's getting more violent. The world's getting more corrupt. The world's getting uh, uh, more uh, uh, just wicked and wicked and wicked. And, and the world claims every person born into it. You get born into this earth, and what happens? The earth ultimately wears you down and brings you down to the grave. My wife was out shopping for a headstone for her brother today. Why? Why? Because the earth claims every person back that was born into it. The only way we can be rescued is to look to the hills from whence cometh our help and have that help deliver us out of the world. We can have victory in Jesus. In verse 25, I want you to underscore the mountains. Look in your Bible in verse 25, please. Take your pen and underscore the mountains. Watch how this goes together. It's absolutely marvelous. The ring is gone. God answered our prayer. Isn't that wonderful? 
The distraction's gone. I'm just enjoying Jesus and his word right now. Verse 25, underscore the mountains. Now go down to verse 27, underscore the heavens. You see how those two places are the focal points here. The mountains and the heavens. Jesus was before the mountains. Jesus was before the heavens. What does not begin with earth does not end with earth. That's a kingdom truth. What does not begin with earth does not end with earth. Remember what Jesus said. You just underscored the mountains. You just underscored the heavens. The Bible talked about the fields. In Matthew 24, 35, Jesus said, heaven and earth shall pass away. The heaven above us, the earth beneath us, the mountains above us, it's all going to pass away. We must be rescued out of it. If our help originates with the earth, if God gives us earthly help, then when the earth ends, our help will end, thus we will end. That's all there is to it. You've got people, they, they put their money in the stock market, they put their money in the banks, they, they, they have the best doctors. Our president has, has probably the finest medical care anywhere in the world. But it's not fixing him. And I don't say that disrespectfully. It hasn't been able to hang on to any of the presents. They all die with the best care. Whatever help you invest in, the best politics, the earth's still going to claim you back. Heaven and earth shall pass away, Jesus said. But Jesus' wisdom was before heaven and earth. He did not begin with heaven and earth. Thus, he will not end with heaven and earth. And, and, and again, I just had you underscore the mountains and the heavens. Now, Proverbs tells us that Jesus was, is greater than the mountains. Jesus is greater than the heavens. And in the gospel, of, I'm sorry, the revelation of Jesus Christ, written by the apostle John, if you would uh, write down Revelation chapter 6, verse 12 through 15. Revelation chapter 6, verse 12 through 15. And you're going to see how our chapter in Proverbs tonight... And our, and our chapter we're about to read in the book of Revelation tonight go hand in hand, and Jesus is right in the middle of it. Watch this now. Heaven and earth shall pass away. Jesus is higher than the heavens. Jesus is higher than the mountains. Revelation 6 verse 12 says, And I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake. That is, earth is going to be shaken. Earth is going to be moved. And the sun, which is up in the heavens, became black as sackcloth of hair. And the moon became as blood. Verse 13, and the stars of heaven fell. You see what's happening here? Heaven and earth is going to pass away. In the book of the Revelation, we are getting a glimpse. Revelation is history pre-written. We're getting told about what is going to happen as if it has already happened because you better believe it will happen. And so there is this great disturbance out in the outer space, in the cosmos. And the stars begin to fall from heaven unto the earth. 
The Bible says in verse 13, Even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs, when she is shaken of a mighty wind. You got these figs in the fig tree and everything looks good on that fig tree. Think, boy, here in, a, here in a couple of months, we're going to be able to eat those figs. But then a storm comes. And that wind comes and shakes and shakes and shakes. And the tree's movable. And suddenly the figs, through the wind, they fall down. And just like that, the heavens above us, one day there's going to be this great trouble at the end of the world. And those stars are going to fall from heaven. Just like figs fall from a tree. I believe there's going to be meteorites come down to earth. From what I can read in Revelation, it's going to plague the earth. Verse 14, And the heaven departed as a scroll when it is rolled together. And every mountain, look at there now, we see the heavens disturbed, we see the stars falling, we see the sun turning black, we see the moon turning like blood, not, not turning into blood, but, uh, but the, the discoloration of the moon from all this disturbance. And then we see every mountain and island were moved out of their places. You see that? When this happens at the end of the world, do you know what the world's going to do? Do you know what the world's going to do when all these years they've been stepping outside and looking up at the stars and looking at the moon and just, man, isn't that beautiful? And one day we're going to travel to Mars and one day maybe we'll colonize up there and, and oh, look, there's going to be these stars shooting across. Halley's Comet's going to come by about this time or whatever. And, and they just look and it's so beautiful. They go and they travel. They take a bus tour on my mom's bus tour and they go look at Mount Everest. They go look at, at all these mountains. They say, oh, aren't they beautiful? They build their house up in the mountain. They take refuge in the mountain. And, and, and everything's absolutely wonderful because it's been going on for century after century after century and then suddenly those who put their hope in the earthly things in the heaven above them in the mountains below them, uh, above them in the fields below them suddenly everything gets out of place the earth and its plates begin to shake and move and the, the heavens begin to have the disturbances in them and suddenly, everyone's going to realize nothing is for sure anymore in this world. And it's not. I've told you before, every scientist, every single scientist, even the God-denying scientists, tell us that the sun is running out of energy. And they tell you exactly, they can say, by this many years, it's over. And when the sun's gone, the light's gone, the light's gone, the life is gone, the earth is gone. It's, it's ending, folks. No matter what religion or non-religion you have, it's coming to an end. <clears throat> this we know from the Bible. This we know from the scientists. This we should know from our common sense. All fuel sources eventually run out. That's why we've got to keep stopping at the gas pump. And if you drive an electric car... You got to keep plugging in, and it's going to run out. And when all that runs out, when all that begins to shake on this earth, everybody of the earth 
is going to panic. And all hope for them will be gone. But those of us who have the wisdom of God, which is found in the Son of God, will have life and hope and help that was here before the mountains were settled. Before the fields grew grass. Before the God spread the heavens out and put the, the stars and the sun and the moon in their place, they'll have a help that's higher than them all. And they'll look to that help. They'll look to the heavenly hills from whence come their help. Because our help comes from the Lord. And we will not fear the end of this world. Because it's just the beginning of the world to come. We have heavenly help. We have a heavenly destination. Verse 15, And the kings of the earth and the great men and the rich men and the chief captains and the mighty men and every bondman and every freeman hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains. That's not going to help them. I've hid myself in Christ. The greatest mountain of all. He's my refuge. Listen, and said to the mountains and rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne. What throne? Who is sitting on the throne? What face are they hiding from? They're hiding from wisdom. They're hiding from Jesus, who God set at his own right hand in the heavenly places. That's who they're hiding from. He says, from him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb... For the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? I'll tell you who shall be able to stand, the ones who've been delivered from his wrath by his grace, and those alone. The stars of heaven fell, and the mountains were moved out of their places, but Jesus will never fall. He shall never be moved, and if we place our hope in him, neither shall we. That is what Proverbs is telling us Tonight, Proverbs is telling us, do you want wisdom? Let me give you the greatest wisdom of all. You need to build your hope on something that is more stable than the mountains, that is higher than the dust of the earth, that, is, uh, that preceded the heaven and the earth, something that did not originate with earth, therefore it will not end with earth. That's what wisdom's telling us. Doesn't that make sense to you tonight? If earth is running out, if time is running out, if earth claims every person and brings them down to the grave, don't you want some help? Don't you want something to base your hope on that does not have its origination in that which is coming to an end? That's wisdom. If you're putting your hope in the earth, that is like you... Getting on a ship that has a leak in the bottom of it, an unfixable, unpatchable leak. And you know it's only a matter of time before your ship goes down. And you build your hope on that ship. And for a while, everything is great. You're eating on the buffet. You're doing whatever they do on those ships. I don't know. My mom and dad have been on them. they got all kinds of money. Brother Shepard, you ever been on a ship? 
cruise ship. I didn't think so, me. But whatever they do on all the entertainment, everything seems good. In the back of their mind, they just put out the notion that the ship's going down a little at a time. Folks, this world's going down. It's going down. And, and, and I'm coming to you. If you have not put your hope in Jesus Christ tonight and what He's done for you on the cross and His promise to give you eternal life if you put your trust in Him, I'm coming to you tonight and I'm talking to you whether you're online or whether you're here in person. And I'm talking to you just like we're on a ship right now and you're the passengers and I'm speaking to you on behalf of the captain. And I'm telling you, this ship, earthly ship, is going down. You're going down with it. God cares about you. He's given you a way to escape. Something outside the ship that you can put your hope in. And when the ship goes down, you'll go up in Him. Is, doesn't that make sense? Doesn't that resonate in your heart that yes, that is what every person needs? It has to. To deny that is to deny all logic and reality. God, we pray tonight. If there's anyone here tonight, if there's anyone watching online tonight, or anyone through something that may be shared later on, I pray for them tonight. I pray, dear Lord God, that they will be wise and take their hope off of the earthly things in which there is no hope and place their hope on the gospel of Jesus Christ who was here before the world began who was, who is, and who is to come, who never changes. God, I pray they'll look to the heavenly hills. They'll look to the cross and put their trust in Jesus, who ascended far above everything in the earth, that he may give them everlasting life and take them up when the world goes down. In his name we pray.